And day 221, since Joe promised he wouldn't abandon Americans, but he's turned the page. The mob and the media has turned the page. God only knows what he's going to end up doing to Americans left behind in Ukraine if they haven't gotten out or Americans trapped like this uh, uh, NBA, this WNBA basketball player. I mean, uh, are we going to get this this American home safely? Is Joe lifting a finger to help her? I hope he is. Nobody seems to want to talk about it, but we will. Um, I, you know, we talk about leadership, and there's times when I, just you see the weakness of Joe Biden. You saw this on full display, the utter incompetence, the complete abandonment of Americans, our fellow Americans behind enemy lines in the Islamic Emirates of Afghanistan. So did, so did President Xi. So did the mullahs in Iran. So did Kim Jong-un, and so did Vladimir Putin, some of the most hostile actors on the world stage. And I'm not sure why Joe Biden apparently just isn't willing to fly to uh, meet uh, world leaders the way past presidents have. And he always sends now Kamala Harris, and it always ends up being a train wreck. And if she's not, you know, explaining, you know, like she she sounds like she's teaching a a class to first graders. Now, Ukraine is a country in Europe. Uh, Russia is a bigger country next to Ukraine, a much bigger country. Now, Russia invaded the smaller country, Ukraine. I feel like I, I just can't believe it. We've played montages of the Kamala Harris awkward giggling. You know, it's the strangest thing that that laugh that we played the montage of now. Anyway, so she's there with the with the Polish president and is asked a serious question about the Ukrainian refugee crisis. You can hear the seriousness in in the voice of whoever the reporter happens to be. And she starts giggling. Listen. Thank you, Madam Vice President. I wanted to ask you about some reporting that my colleague here in Poland noticed. He recently spoke with the mayor of the largest border town who told him that the refugee system is essentially not set up for this, that it will collapse. It's an improvised system that can work for maybe two weeks, but not indefinitely. And I'm wondering what the United States is going to do more specifically to set up a permanent infrastructure. And relatedly, is the United States willing to make a specific allocation for Ukrainian refugees? And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you think, and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. Okay. <laughs> a friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> okay, I, yeah, I okay, so this time. Now, she, it, it was clear to me she was struggling to come up with an answer. Now, there was like our President Duda of Poland was deferring to her to answer the question first because she got the first question and was being polite. It just is. It's so humiliating. I don't know what's worse, that or watching Joe Biden talk. It's embarrassing. It is humiliating. And then we have this conflict. Winkin Blinken. Oh, seemed very enthusiastic, excited about the, the notion that the. Uh, Poland was going to give MIGs to Ukraine so they can engage in their own fight. Um, And then all of a sudden, the Defense Department puts the kibosh on it. I'm not exactly sure why Kamala Kamala Harris again is asked about the fighter jets and says the U.S. and Poland are united in fighting Ukraine. 
doesn't even answer the question. Listen. What kind of alternative plans does the United States have uh, to get materials to help Ukraine defend itself, uh, especially now that you have declined Poland's offer on jets? I want to be very clear. The United States and Poland are united in what we have done and are prepared to do to help Ukraine and the people of Ukraine. Full stop. Why didn't you answer the question? Because she didn't answer the question. Now, here's President Zelensky begging the West to send them airplanes so we can fight back. Listen, we have a war. We do not have time for all these signals. This is not ping pong. This is about human lives. We ask once again, solve it faster. Do not shift the responsibility. Send us planes. Send us planes. It's not that hard to figure this sucker out, is it? Um... I don't have good news on the economy, but I got news on the economy, and none of it is any good. And now we have another problem, and that is the high lo- level of lying. But before I get to that, I, I want to just go back for one second. I just remember this. Trey Yingst has been in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine, the entire time. Now, he's been there. All the air raid sirens going off, he's been there. Bombs in the distance and even fairly close to where his location has been. And he's been reporting in a war zone the entire time. He has the reality of what's really going on because he's right there risking his life so he can report on the Fox News channel. And I think he's done a hell of a job. I think he's done a great job. And Trey Yinkst, compare the seriousness of this guy that's been on the ground to the giggle giggling vice president that we have and these ridiculous answers from today. Yeah, guys, this joint press conference came across like a bilateral check-in. It was detached from the reality on the ground. As the pair spoke, there were air raid sirens sounding in the Ukrainian capital of Kiev. We heard this diplomatic and political speak from Vice President Harris. The Ukrainian people don't need that. They need anti-tank missiles. They need anti-aircraft batteries. I mean, we heard just all of this talk that you hear out of Washington about cooperation and friendship and to be nimble and swift in the response and understanding and appreciating. There are people dying as we speak on the ground in Ukraine across this country, thousands of people and the capital is being targeted from the ground and the air. The Ukrainians right now are calling for a no fly zone because women and children are being bombed by Russian forces. And while we heard the vice president there talk about this hospital in Mariupol where three people, according to officials, were killed overnight in a Russian strike, she didn't talk about the consequences for that. She didn't talk about the fact that we are viewing evidence of war crimes taking place on the ground in Ukraine at the hands of an autocrat, Vladimir Putin in Russia, who is literally pushing his forces into this country, violating the sovereignty of Ukraine with no intention to stop. And that's the situation on the ground right now. The Ukrainian people need anti-tank missiles, aircraft batteries, and they are calling for a no-fly zone. They don't need thoughts and prayers. I mean, that's the difference between somebody that's living in the reality, seeing reality, reporting on reality, and somebody that just does a little flying in for a little happy talk, giggle time, and, and no commitment whatsoever to the real situation that's on the ground and the urgency of not only Trey, but of the, the, the president of Ukraine, Zelensky. The evidence is now overwhelming and incontrovertible of the war crimes. The, the Kremlin, under Vladimir Putin, they have wiped out entire neighborhoods. 
There are more images. If you want to look at it, it's pretty gruesome. I've looked at it of dead women, men, women, and children, innocent people trying to escape that have been bombed and murdered by Putin. And God knows how much worse it's going to get. And and then we have to watch Kamala Harris. You know, she's asked about war crimes investigation, and she talks about atrocities of an unimaginable proportion. Do you have any perspective of history? Have you not read about Mao and China and Stalin and Russia? Have you not read about Nazism, fascism, imperial Japan, the things that historically somebody that's vice president might know a thing or two about? You know, she's stating these uh, the unimaginable acts by Putin of violence. Um, none of this is unimaginable. History repeats itself. And when you have weak, feckless, appeasing leaders like Joe and Kamala, it incurs aggression. You know, this the idea that this very weak Joe at one point said, we're still willing to negotiate. Vladimir Putin's not listening to your pleas to negotiate. And if he is, it's only to bring more supplies in if he needs a temporary uh, stop in the fighting. He's lied to us the whole time. Oh, these are peacekeeping forces. Oh, okay. Whatever. But, you know, Neville Chamberlain, oh, we just had a meeting in Munich. We're not going to have peace in our time. No, you're not. Jimmy Carter's appeasement of the former Soviet Union. Barack Obama and Joe Biden allowed the, the ISIS caliphate to build out and Donald Trump just bombed them into non-existence. There's a difference. Why didn't Putin do this? A lot of people asking. Donald Trump's on TV tonight. I'll ask him. Why didn't Putin do this when he was president? There's a reason. And why did he do it when Joe and Obama were president with Crimea? Why did they do it now that Joe's president? As we see, the entire country is now under assault. By the way, we'll also talk to somebody inside a bunker right now. Uh inside of Kiev, and we'll get there on the ground perspective. But what's happened is, you know, ever so slowly. Now, I have been fairly impressed with the Ukrainian, I don't know if you want to call it an insurgency, but it's kind of an insurgency. They have taken these javelins and, and stinger missiles and every other bit of equipment provided by their European neighbors, and they're using it to their advantage, and they're making this sucker hard on Vladimir Putin. But that also makes me a little nervous because when you corner a rat, you know what the rat's going to do. And it's if we he's willing to kill women and children already. So, you know, what if he just carpet bombs the place, which could start that part? I fear you have to always think realistically. But it is it is an embarrassment that this is our vice president giggling on the world stage. And it's a prime example that. These that Joe and Kamala are not qualified for this job. These jobs, they're just not up to it. Joe is a cognitive mess and everybody knows it. And it is dysfunction at the highest level. Rick Rennell's wrote, oh, dear God, he writes, this is a total disaster. She's not prepared. She isn't grasping any of the issues, any solutions. She just rambles. Then he goes, I blame the Sacramento media for never properly vetting her. When asked about Ukrainian suffering under Russian attacks and asking about refugees, what's funny about that? Oh, that the that the, the, the president of Poland was, you know, being a gentleman and saying you can have you can answer first if you'd like. Uh, it's, and then you hear the reality of what is happening on the ground. 
You know, she dodged the question on fighter jets and the deal there, laughs awkwardly. You know, the she won't give an answer on whether we would support giving a plane. The U.S. and the U.K. reject calls for the no-fly zone over Ukraine. I'm, I'm not sure that's a good idea. And I think what's happened is I think there's a genuine fear of the West. Uh-oh, he might, he might go nuclear. Well, if that's your fear, then that means that if and you're going to give in to that fear, understand there's no end in sight then for any territorial ambition that he has. There's always going to be the risk of escalation in any war. And you always want to have avoid needless provocation. Um, but, you know, giving Putin a veto over NATO actions, it undermines all credibility of NATO. And then, then you have to ask about the Baltics and Latvia and Estonia and, and Lithuania. What's going to happen if Putin has territorial ambitions there? The death toll is rising. There's a fear that he might even use chemical or biological weapons or tactical nukes we keep hearing. But at some point, NATO and their refusal to respond because of uh, what he might do, that can't be your governing war philosophy. You know, is, you know what, what, is the, what is the Biden doctrine? Well, I know what the, the Trump doctrine was. I'll bomb the living hell out of you. Like I did ISIS, I'll take you out like I took out Soleimani and like I took out Baghdadi and like I took out the leader of al-Qaeda in Yemen. If you don't believe me, I dare you to test me. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN, our number if you want to be a part of the program. Look, inflationary times, bad economic numbers today. We'll go through them all. It's not good. Uh, I'm a Pure Talk customer. One way you can save a lot of money, you get the exact same 5G network, the exact same cell towers. Average family saves over close to $1,000 a year. Uh, we have David from New York writes, I was very hesitant changing from Verizon to Pure Talk, but I was shocked to learn that I got the exact same plan I had with Verizon for $170, and it was only $49 with Pure Talk for the exact same plan. My next concern was, all right, how difficult is this going to be to make a change? It was simple. Verizon gave me a code number without even trying to talk me out of it. I now enjoy the same plan, but I'm saving 120 bucks a month. In these inflationary times, that's real money. Just dial pound 250, say the keyword, save now. And if you do it today, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. And you can make the switch to Pure Talk in less than 10 minutes. Pound 250, keyword, save now for the exact same coverage.